You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip Off, the NBA podcast that has not violated the bubble uh, guest policy. <laughs> you yeah, We know how to stay where we at. I would oh, real hard for us. Just one. Real just, hard. I, I'm I'm curious. It's just one. Just the one time. Just one. That what someone violated only, the bubble. Only one person. Only Daniel House. Really. In the middle mm-hmm. of a critical Lakers Rocket series. O- also like, how? We just invite did, somebody over. Did he What's like up, sneak girl? in a window or like? I assume you can't just walk past the front desk. Well, did you hear about the like, uh, the hey, Seattle Seahawks you don't player? Here. Yeah, their quarterback had tried to dress this chick up as a player. Just trying to, you know, Stephen A. I I don't agree with him all the time, but he does have his diamonds in the roughs. So he's just like, I'm just saying, you know, these guys are gonna be cooped up for two, three months. I, told, I forget what I was listening to, but someone was talking because when the NBA decided to let family members come with the players, Mike Malone, Coach Denver Nuggets, came out and said, what about coaches and all this stuff? And someone was talking about, yeah, those coaches need to get some too every once in a while. <laughs> I was like, Well, what's crazy okay. is that even refs are given a family member. It's literally just coaches that don't get a family members, member. Players, you're good. Refs, yeah, you're good. Ball boys, yeah, sure, let them sure, have Sure, bring one. them in. Uh, yeah. Coaches, whoa, 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 whoa. You fuck yourself. You got X's and O's to worry about here. None of that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. None of that other stuff. No, that was pretty uh, weird. That was just so out there. Adam I, I, Silver I, must hate one of the coaches' wife and just be sitting there like, God, she, I do is there not. Any way we, we can not deal with I her in the bubble. do not want her here. Karen <laughs> is going to ruin everything Karen. for us. <laughs> God, such a bitch. I mean, you know, they did come out with the rules of what constitutes a family member and, you know, they're all looking at Kyle Kuzma, let's be honest here. <laughs> like, no Instagram thoughts. And he's like, aw, come on. <laughs> so... But, Cowards! Which I thought was so weird. Like, if you get one person, why does it matter? Like, if you get one person, they're going to COVID test it. Why does it matter? Why does it matter who they are? Like, spend your one person however you want. Right? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, it has to be a close personal friend. Well, how do you define that? Uh, you have to meet them at least one time prior. They right. have to know your middle name. Because that's enforceable. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all I got to say, you know... It's working, right? For now, it's working. We're in working. the bubble. We're yep. having playoffs. We're Obviously, we're not in the bubble, and we're not directly impacted by these rules. But for us on the outside, it's working, and we're getting basketball. While we're talking about the uh, bubble and family members being here, did you see there's, like, the baby section where all the moms are with babies? <laughs> yes. And Russell Westbrook, after making a uh, basket, just runs over in front of the baby section. He's like, who the fuck do you think I am? And like, there are kids, like... Right there. <laughs> hey, man. That's what you pay to see. It's that intensity. They're going to remember that. That's going to be their first memory. What's your first memory? Russell Westbrook going, who the fuck do you think I am? <laughs> Aw. Last one. Uh, I think so... he said that's fucking right. It was definitely an F-bomb. I forget what exactly <laughs> it was, but it was like, really? Yeah. Hey, man. You know what? It's what it is. So I, I, I think the last time we... Uh, we were uh, recording was right after the Trailblazers Memphis game, so the playoffs Bubbles were set, just ended. and we are now almost done with the second round. With the second round, coming, the coming Eastern close. Conference Finals have been set. The Western Conference Finals are still up for grabs, so we're gonna run down the the playoffs. playoffs. So we're gonna start in the East and. Uh, well, you know, it was 
Real, real barn burner of an Eastern Conference first round. Bucks one four one, Miami one four zero. How about those magic? That is non playoff magic. That's right, baby. Vucevic earning that earning that money. Uh, we'll, that that we'll, game one was a good game. Well, we'll get into, and I will rant on the pitifulness that is the Bucks in the bubble once we get to that Miami series, but. I guess we can, you guys want to go over Outlook Magic for okay. the teams that have been been eliminated. Magic series, we went uh, – so Bucks Magic series, let's just take it series by series. I'm pretty sure we all picked them to go 4-0 sweep. Maybe there was a 4-1 bid out there. Uh, but that one was pretty, pretty well figured out. We kind of knew that one was going to happen. But what surprised you about the Magic? Or the Bucks, for that matter. Vujovic played very well. Um, what surprised me about the Bucks was um, they're bad. <laughs> what? What, what, what? What surprised <laughs> me about the Bucks was how little minutes, and this even carried into the Miami series, is how little minutes Giannis was playing. I think he's playing like thirty-two minutes a game. Uh, in the, playoffs. the um. What are you doing with an MVP playing thirty-two minutes? Yeah, and par- part, of that is, part of that is part of that is 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 Mike Bonehoser's. Uh, you know what he's doing between the Miami and Orlando series. Only like once did Middleton or Giannis play 40 more more minutes a game, and that was the game Giannis went out with an injury, and Middleton had to carry them to their one game win in the Miami series. But I think the evidence of in that Orlando series, because like they didn't blow the shoes off Orlando in the four games they won either. It wasn't like uh, last year when they kicked the living shit out of them. They kind of did. They lost the first game 122 to 110. Second game was 111 to 96, 121 to 107, 121 to 106, 118 104. So they beat them by double digits in every other meeting after yeah. that. They, so they kind of woke up. They covered the spread. I can tell you that. After <laughs> game one, they were four and zero at the spread in this series. Um, I, I just think. Bledsoe, once again, three playoffs in a row has proven to be unplayable in the playoffs and really struggling, and that makes what? that extension that they gave him look really, really bad. And now, and you wonder, what if, you know, had you shelled out the money to keep Brogdon? Oh had you just kept Brogdon instead of Bledsoe? If you had both, because I think... I think Brogdon would have made a big difference in the Bucks' outlook in the what playoffs. Do you, what do you suppose happens with his shooting? Because he's not—he's by no means a bad shooter in the regular seasons. He's not a lights out shooter, but he's at least league average. And then the playoffs start, and all of a sudden just, he just can't. I, if you, the Bronx, that the Miami series—they weren't even—they were. No offense, Mason. The Russell Westbrook treatment—they weren't right. even coming close to him on the three-point line. Right. And that—that that is Miami's defense, though. They know who to guard shooting-wise, and yeah. they know and who yeah, not to. They've, exactly, they've done the scouting you know, report. But also, if you are a point guard in the uh, in the NBA, you got to be able to shoot the damn basketball. I, I, can, I can think of three point guards in the NBA that the opposing team just lets them shoot as wide open as possible, I, and the other two are Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Right. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I'm. My attention is drawn to the Bucks. Using an eleven-man rotation in the playoffs. Yeah. Eleven-man rotation. I, I no fucking wonder your guys are going cold in the second round or in these other games. You've got people who are getting touches. Who yes, you want to get them experience and whatnot, but also these other guys, they're gonna go cold because they're not shooting the ball. Right. Giannis Antetokounmpo played twenty-eight minutes in that final Bucks game, Bucks Magic series, I should say. Twenty-eight minutes. Yes, you guys did win. Yes, you did blow them out. But also, you. 
I, you have to shorten your, your rotation. Yeah. And there you play them 26 minutes in the regular season games because there's 82 of them. You, you right? don't need, oh my god, what, you don't need what? to pay Marvin Williams play Marvin Williams, Arian Ilasova, Pat Connington, those guys. You don't need to play them. You don't need the, to play Kyle Corver. The Kyle rotation. Corver, literally, all they were trying to do was run him off screens. The, the rotation. But the did. opposing team would just attack him on defense. He's yeah. such a different. Yeah. Which you know he's what thirty eight. Of course they are. You, you, you put Kyle Corver in there when you're down four with a minute to go. When you like, or when you need a three, that's when you put Secret Kyle Corver in because you're fouling them anyway. Right. So I I think they, now their rotation did. Shorten like it did shorten against Miami. Ilio Sova, I don't even think saw the court. Neither did like Wilson or Sterling Brown. Marvin Williams but played a lot. Marvin Williams series. played a lot, and, and he's retired and now. He just retired, right. and I, I mean, I was a decent acquisition in the middle of the season, but I, I don't think it really worked. I, I think what my what the Bucks showed, particularly in the Miami series, I know we're kind of jumping ahead here, is. Well, we know we you can't need, get you to stop talking about the you Bucks. Need, you need something else. And I don't know if that's an upgrade for, uh, from Bledsoe. If Middleton was just god-awful in that, that Magic series. And it's like, you need Middleton to be a true number two. He wasn't. Obviously, Giannis got hurt, but you were already down 3-0 when that happened. So, no <laughs> excuse at that point. In fact, so, the, the only game you they won was when was he went out in the first quarter. When he went out in the first quarter. Now, granted, he kept him in that first quarter because he had like 18 of their 24 points. But but also uh, part of the, I think part of the reason they won is because you actually played Middleton 40 minutes. See, so you get him shots. You get right. he had some shots. like 30 get... shots, which I'm not saying he's inefficient. He's a, he's, a, he's a 40, 50, 90 guy in the regular season. If, if you if you expect him to do that in the playoffs, right. he's an get, all-star. He get, should do getting that. Getting him more shots will benefit you. And yeah. I'm not saying that giving Russell Westbrook more shots won't benefit you as well, but when you have a guy who shoots as efficiently as uh, Chris Middleton does, can, yeah. you throw him the ball. Yeah. Right. I Brooke Lopez played really well in the bubble Pre, the first eight games, he wasn't great, but in the playoffs, he actually played really well. He did. He kind of, um, I think he was trying to do too much in the regular season where he got, he was great last year because he stuck to rim protection, shooting threes. Rim protection and, yes. He got a little nice. away with that and he, he kind of got more into like a playmaking sense or he's trying to be more of a playmaker this year, which, yeah. good for you for trying to take those steps to develop and become more. But also at this point in his career, though, I think yeah, find your niche and stick with it. Right. That's where he is at is in his career. You can't in my do opinion. everything, okay? <laughs> but right. that that was it was a fun series to see Giannis kind of just go up and get about 15 dunks a game. So it, right. it was good. Moving on to the Heat Pacers series. I didn't see this being a sweep. I didn't either. I thought it was going to be close. Um, I was excited. Sabonis didn't play at all. Yeah. Sabonis didn't play at all. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um, I'm not sure Sabonis. Does. I, I mean, he's a good player, but I'm not sure Sabonis. He's their best player. I'm not sure Sabonis turns this series for them though. Not not seven games, but I think at least makes it they a gentleman sweep. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. They at least get one, because in their uh, bubble play, they went one and one on the series. Pacers won one. Heat yeah, won I, one. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't think I don't think the Pacers would have won, and you know this year was kind of a. Almost a garbage throwaway year, which kind of makes the firing of Nick McMillan a little weird. Because it's like Oladipo wasn't bad. He lost Jeremy Lamb five seconds in the season. Sabonis was hurt. Yet, so like, I don't know. 
I, again, what do they I do? Okay, the what do they Pacers do from here? The Pacers have fired their last two coaches who've gone to the playoffs all but like two years combined. Like, and I get maybe production. You don't have the production in the playoffs. They made the Eastern Conference Finals once and just happened to run into the LeBron, Wade, Bosh, Heat team. But I, I, I think firing him. I think the big reason they fired him is that they're looking at the East now and says. It, if we're going to make a move in the East, it's now, right? Yeah. Milwaukee, Milwaukee is beatable, and they're the best team in the East, whereas it used to be. It's like uh, I, Before this – okay, so before the second round happened, I didn't see Milwaukee as beatable. Maybe they did. Maybe I did. Maybe I'm missing something, but I saw Milwaukee as not so, – I thought uh, more of a threat. So I think Giannis is incredible. The thing is, is he's – I don't think he's as dynamic as other superstars. Right. No. Like, my, but my point is that I don't know if Pacers really considered that in their decision making to fire Nate McMillan. I think maybe. I think Nate McMillan really should have had another real shot. I don't think he had all his players. Victor Ladipo just coming back. That to me, right there, tells me that this team wasn't ready for this right. for this playoffs. He wasn't shooting. Like he normally shot when he got injured. Maybe he never will. I hope he does come back, and I hope he can become that guy again. Who down the stretch again? They need a guy down the stretch to score a bucket. That he was that guy. Uh, they got Malcolm Brogdon in free agency, which was fucking huge. Now they just need to make sure he do, you do something with him. Jeremy Lamb. Hopefully he comes back. They've got. Some I, good mean, I mean, at the end of the day, the, it, I don't. You you fire Nate McMillan, but you look at that roster, and you have to realize. We're not going to go far with the roster we've created. We so need you, more. Why fire a coach who's gotten us good results with a roster that has been not as good as the teams you're going up against? So it's, you need more pieces. So are they going to blow it up? Or are they going to just? I, I um I I bet you that they're going to try to make a move and not this free agency but the next free agency. And my theory on the Nate McMillan is it, it is weird. I think the only reason they do that is if they had their eyes on someone else. And uh, D'Antoni's contract's up this year, and there's a lot of talk that he won't go back to D'Antoni, Billy Donovan is yeah, part of ways with the free. Thunder, and that one, right. we'll get to that when we talk so about the Thunder, that. but that confused me. But there's also a lot more coaching vacancies than there are good coaches. Yeah. There always are, because someone's got to coach the Knicks. Get paid, coaches. Here you go. Secure the bag. This is your chance. Uh, on that note, do you think the Cavs keep uh, Bickerstaff? JB, uh, he's been like the interim. I haven't heard anything. So many times, I, I could see him doing that. I, I, I think you go out and you talk to the top prospects. You talk to the D'Antonis, the uh, Billy Donovan's, Donovan's, the hell, even the Atkinsons. But if you don't get one of the tier ones, you just let them keep going, right? Yeah, fair. It, fair. It's not like this. You know, it's like the one thing that needs to turn the Cavs around is, oh, we got to get the coach. Like, they're, you still we need, a, need, we need a pieces, we need. superstars, player development for the young Drummond, guys. Bro. So, I and mean, there's still things that the Cavs can do. But, I mean, I we'll see who the Pacers end up hiring and whatnot. Um, didn't see him getting swept 4-0, but, you know, their roster was severely hampered um, this year. And, frankly... Frankly, like this even goes more against the firing of Nate McMillan. You didn't have Oladipo or Lamb all season, actually. And you were the four seed in the playoffs. Which tells me that the East is a little weak, as per usual. Well, you could say that, but you know, you also you're playing like Milwaukee and the 76ers were a good run season team before 
Simmons got hurt, and Boston and Toronto, and the Nets were better. We, when we talked about this. Seasons. The East have eight good teams. Eight, sorry, they have six good teams, and then two teams that are just like we're figuring it out. Yeah. Speaking of those teams, uh, moving on to our next matchup was the Boston Celtics Philly 76ers. I, I didn't see this I one. Was five. This one was crazy. Uh, Simmons is there. I I still think Boston wins. They don't. It's probably a six-seven game series then because it, it, Simmons is that good of a player, and frankly, Boston doesn't have a good matchup for Simmons. Also, they have no secondary playmaking in uh, Philly. I was watching yeah. that series to be like, hey, someone make a play or get someone else open, or and nope. all all it is is either trying to work it to Embiid in the post, which Brad Simmons did a good job drawing up a scheme to deny him in the post, or uh, like. Uh, Tobias Harris taking a or, step or, back or, or, or Tobias Harris trying to play like James Harden. Right. Yeah, that was rough. That was. It was a lot watch. of iso ball. Either you're isoing Tobias Harris on Which, the elbow, or you're isoing Joel Embiid in the post. We but. should have kind of expected because when Ben Simmons goes down, he was their playmaker, and everyone else is like, "What do I do now? I'm just ready to shoot the ball." Yep. I'm just I'm saying where I'm supposed and they're to stay. And it's not like they were JJ Redick like last year where he's constantly running off picks and screens to get open. It's like Off-ball it's they're standing man. there. It's like Matisse no Thibel in the corner waiting for the ball. Shake Milton is at the elbow sitting there waiting for the ball. It's like Trey Burton. Well, you know, usually you gotta yeah, to Dallas, you usually have to drive and then kick and then you're open. But if no one's driving the ball at that point you're just sitting there. Joel just standing in the paint waiting for the ball, trying to circle it around. I was very disappointed. He and had Brown a got fired, right? Good yeah. stat series. I don't think he had a good playoff series. No. He he, uh, he, he almost looked lazy out there. Like it, it, it looked so like he was just like, like Joel Embiid. Right. He, it looked like he was like just let me get to my spots and do my thing and the, everyone else can do the hustle plays. Yeah. Right? But like even even during transition, he had almost no transition points cuz he would like they would uh, try to make a fast break if uh, Boston stopped it. Like five seconds later, Joel and B would jog in the frame. And she's like, "Really? You're not even gonna? This is the playoffs." Yeah, that was very. Uh, it, it, it almost felt like he went into this expecting to lose. He's like, "I'm just gonna show up and do my thing. We'll get beaten for, and I'll go home." And that's almost a. Uh, and it that just that tells me he's not a team on your back, build around guy. Right. He's got all the talent, but I don't think he's. That's, uh, that's yeah. been a, a center's mentality for a long time. You get big, you got all the size in the world, you're able to use that, throw it around when people are young, but then when you finally get to the pros, the serious people, people who know how to play against it, you're, your leg up is not as significant, and now you have to actually try. Yeah, right. so I mean, the 76ers have a lot of decisions to make. Obviously, they need a new coach, but then it's, again, you have Tobias Harris locked up for a while now. And oh, they got that whole team take, locked up Who's going to take that contract, and do you try Al to Horford. trade Embiid or do you try to trade Simmons? And, you know, chant, I, you know realistically, what I think is going to happen is I think they're going to be like, well, we're just going to run it back. And yeah, they're just going to keep I, running it back to. until someone's, someone's contract's up and they leave. I, I, I think you run it back at least one more year because you're going to have a new coach, and maybe the new coach can make these pieces work. Because the talent is there. Is it cohesive? No. But, like, they... They did have uh, – I, I do recall Brett Brown being very adamant about pay, playing four-out or five-out ball. You always – he always wanted to have somebody sitting in the dunker spot. He always wanted to have Joel Embiid at the post. He always wanted right. to have paint plugged up. I get it. You have a great center, but he can also shoot. 
So don't limit everything he can do just because you coach with Greg Popovich and that was the style of play back in the day and it was tried and true. And just adapt, please. That's how you're going to survive. What's cr- Brett Brown, it almost feels like if we're going to talk about the process, he was the rebuild coach. Like you are good enough to like manage these pieces until we call it done. And I don't think you can call it done, but I think they're now saying like, all right, well, this didn't work. The process is a uh, is it's on thin, thin ice. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do, okay? What do they need to do in the off season other than get the new coach, get them to sh- change their spacing? What can they do? Or do you uh, see the 76ers making any other moves besides a new coach? Um, so I don't think there's a good trade for Horford or Harris. Um, which you've been you've been preaching a Ben Simmons trade out the ass. Yeah, I I, 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 I buy out I, Horford. I, I do think Whoa. that there's a tr- yeah. there's trades for Ben Simmons. Um, there's one. There's a good option to the Cavs. There's a good option to um, OKC. There's a good option to uh, the Warriors, but I don't think the Warriors will take them. But the, there's you, you could make the money work. Um, but I, I honestly. All these moves I was talking about was when I thought you were going to run it back with the same coach. The new coach, I think you just got to let the coach come in, yeah, figure out the see what you, you got. have, and then, like, I don't think you can make moves for a coach you've never really coached, watched coach your team, right? Yeah. That's... Try to get off Horford's contract some way, because, yeah. like, he was bad last year. You have Like, regular season, play, like, all of it. It was not good. You have 130 million. By the end of it, by the end of it, by the end of it, Horford wasn't even starting. Thigh Boulder, Shake Melton was starting instead of Horford. By the end of it, they were going smaller. I mean, they. I think the the 76ers just talked to the Wizards. I'm sure they could get some decent players for the cheap because that's what I'm pretty sure that's the whole Wizards mentality. Let's just see what we can put in. We'll fill a team. But we'll see how that one goes. That, look, that, we that, haven't even talked that, about Boston. That and the Wizards also have an absurd amount of money tied up in very few players. Something I thought but would really hinder Boston that didn't end up being a big deal. Their Gordon Hayward got hurt. Gordon Hayward probably has not played since the first or second game of the first round. Yeah. Uh, and he should be coming back, I believe, for the Eastern Conference Finals. But that's still TBD right now. Um, so Robert, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker. Job well done. Uh, Robert Williams is also playing a lot of the minutes before. He is not a stat sheet guy, but he is hustle defense. He, he, he's that and boards. They're not asking yeah. him to do much. He might go four for four on Ollie dunks. Just when the defense collapses on Kemba, toss it up, boom, he's there. For a while, he was like eight for eight. And that's all, that, and that's, that's all you need out of your backup center. He was put, put in the minutes and getting really good efficient shots. So All you need, because he's coming in for Tice, because I, I haven't seen Cantor on the floor. You can't. They either tried, they put series, him in either their first two series, I've not seen him on the floor. Literally, and they drove you, literally right at him. Yeah, All you need to do is force a switch on your point guard at the, up top and then do a uh, five-out spread, so that way he has to guard him all the way to the bucket, and that's two free points. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Everyone, 
literally everything I'm we just said right there. I'm a mastermind. I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's like about as much yeah. time as they spend in practice talking mm-hmm. about how to run it. If you get cancer yeah. on you as well, they, yeah. just like that, it's like just yeah, drive. You guys know what Spread to do. Spread and drive. Yeah. Everyone looks around. Yeah. Force a switch on the point guard. <laughs> uh, Toronto, Brooklyn, with the exception of the one game that was close, was. I was disappointed. Blowouts. That was a disappointing series Absolute to me. Absolute blow. I mean, I knew it was gonna be bad. I just wanted one game, just yeah. one, where they actually. It would have required a, a fifty bomb by Karis LeVert. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I, again, uh, but I think it, the whole motto, the whole thing for Brooklyn this year was next year, next year. That that's what it was. They so. really didn't even want to be there. No. They fielded a with, team with full of Mike Beasley, yeah. Jamal Crawford. G-Leaguers. Uh, the dude from the Suns, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, Chioza, who oh. was a guard. It was an okay guard at Florida, I'm pretty sure. Jeez. Your top guy was Karis LeVert. That was just sad. Jared Allen played really well. Jared Allen. Yeah, a lot of boards flying around, weren't there? (laughs) At at, at, at points, it looked like Jared Allen was the only one out there. There, I remember there was one play where Jared Allen made this awesome uh, chase down uh, block on Siakam, and Lowry ran the court, got the rebound, and just put it up and looked back, and all four of his teammates were still behind half court. He's like, you could see him, he just looked at him and was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like why? Am I, why is the center the only one running down a fast break? What is going on, you guys? <laughs> that it's shit like that, man. The Nets. All right, get Kyrie, get KD, see how that goes. But attitude's still not going to change. You gotta, you gotta change the culture. Jared Allen, good on you. Keep hustling. But some of those guys, I, if you're not playing for a contract, I don't know what what do, is going to motivate do, you. Do they get any other pieces in the offseason, or do you think they? Like, because uh, Kyrie had that explosion midseason where he was saying, uh, some of you won't be here next year, we, this team won't work. I didn't um, really say it like that exactly, but he, essentially, yes, he said that. He, he, he went into the locker room and blatantly told his teammates, some of you will not be here next year. That is an almost direct quote. And then we talked to the media about needing a few more pieces, and then he listed off the people that they had. Yeah. And then, like, left out. And then the people who he left out are there, like, oh, you're gone. But uh, I think Levert, Temple, Allen are probably all safe, and I think the rest of the team. Is well, they did pick up. Dinwiddie? They did pick up a oh, sweet, sweet point guard, white dude, six foot, two time MVP, Mr. Steve Nash. He's six, yes, he's new, he's new like coach six of the Brooklyn Nets is Steve Nash. Worked uh, Steve worked Nash with KD awesome. in Golden State on his as like a player develop shooting coach per, shooting coach type deal and. I'm going to go ahead and guess that maybe Kevin Durant went to the Six, three. Nets upper management and went like, hey, nudge, nudge, I liked what this guy did in Golden State. And maybe, and you, can't, you can't overlook that that could have been a factor. Oh, yeah. I think they also, uh, I was listening to the Ringer podcast, loved to hear Kevin O'Connor and uh, what's the other dude's name? Vernon. Chris Vernon. Chris Vernon. They, uh, they were talking about how this was – they had been talking to the Nets and to KD and whatnot. He's like, yeah, I think we had this kind of in back in May when things were all kind of like shutting down and whatnot and we were all kind of in quarantine. But they, they've had this figured out for a while now and they were able to keep it under wraps, which is pretty impressive. I didn't have a whiff of this until I, I saw it break. So that's – I I want to hear what you guys think as far as what you think Steve Nash is going to do for that team. 
Um, I think that it's I think it's gonna be Diet D and Tony. I think they're gonna turn into a seven second or less team. Shoot often and shoot fast. Right. Just get 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 out and transition. What kind of defense are we are we running here? Anything special? Um, I. Even you got Jared Allen as a rim protector, and yeah. I think they're just yeah, gonna. Jordan, I think, is a big part of that. Switch, switch, switch everything, and do. Uh, and if you can do switches underneath before the pick and roll, leave Jared Allen in the paint. Yeah, I think I think I switch switch everything, but uh, but Jared Allen. I I think Steve. I think Steve Nash, being I mean, a player and having, you know, just been around the game so long, might be able to help. You know, the big thing we're talking about with the Nets is like, okay, you have two of the more destructive personalities in the same locker room. How is that going to go? Maybe having a former player who's been around the league as a coach might have a positive impact on how that whole situation goes down with Kyrie and KD and their personality styles. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The dude played in L.A. There's when, when you look at the pedigree of Steve Nash's coaching uh I'm going to ignore him at the Lakers, but for the most part, majority of his career was coached by Tony or Carlisle. Yeah. Right? And so that's two great offensive minds. Um, and then also his in, his entire coaching experience has been on Kerr's staff, who everyone talks about <coughs> Golden State's offense, but Golden State's defense is what wins them championships. If it was all offense, the Rockets would win. I, that's where you touch on, I think they're going to have troubles. I have no doubt in my mind they're going to be able to score like the best of them. They've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the floor. No fucking worries. They're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be more like the Wizards. They're going to have a lot of points, not a lot of defense. DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen are your two big defensive stoppers. DeAndre Jordan getting a little old, a little slow. Jared Allen, hopefully he can be that guy. But other than that, Who's big on defense on that team? Durant's a great defender. He's um, long. Temple, He's long. Temple's a good defender. Uh, Lavert is a above average defender. They're, those guys are going to have to turn into role player defenders. They're going to have to take less shots and be more defensive. I, I mean, that's, it, that's just it, it's basically it's just going to be the game of hide Kyrie, right? I think there's I think Kyrie's the only bad defender on the team. Maybe DeAndre Jordan, but even then, as long as you can leave him in the paint, he's great. Which. Fuck it. I know it's a buddy contract, but I'd be looking to move DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. He's almost out. He's, right. he's got maybe a couple of years left. But that's going to be an interesting one to stay tuned for. Next season, we've all been waiting for it. I know they have. Uh, Kevin Durant looks like he's healthy, full-on, ready to go. Kyrie, I, I think, similar. I, I know this isn't a unique take. I know this has been said a thousand times, but I have to say it again. The second they start losing, that is going to be the most toxic locker room of all time. <laughs> oh my god, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's either going to work or it's going right. to be like it's gonna... you go on a three-game losing streak and holy shit. We gonna see. We gonna see. I'm keeping, up already. Keeping up with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Let's move um, on to the second round of the East here. Um, I think we could run. Yeah, we would. Fuck it, let's do it. Uh, Miami, Milwaukee. We kind of touched on this when we were talking about Milwaukee with Orlando. Um, okay, can we talk about the worst answer of all time? That uh, like when uh, they're asking Giannis about uh, guarding <laughs> Jimmy Butler, and he goes, "No, why would you ask me that?" It's like because literally two days ago you were named Defensive Player of the Year, and now you got a guy dropping forty on your team. You're both wings. Granted, he's more of a two, you're more of a four, but you. Sh- Part of the reason you won Defensive Player of the Year is that you're supposed to be able to guard one to five. Like, 
if you're supposed to be the best defender in the league, why aren't you stopping the guy who's ripping your team apart? Like, and why? Do what Coach and, tells me to. Right, well, and, and that's, but like, also, I can understand if his answer was, it's it's not in the scheme. That's a much better answer. But why would you ask me this to not even be able to understand? Is the worst fucking answer I've ever heard. Well, that and that could go. That all I feel like boils down to the Bucks not making adjustments. Period. Because Boonhoser has shown to not really make adjustments. He didn't last year when the Raptors started coming back. It's he's a regular season coach. It's kind of what he is. And then you know when the playoffs ramp up and people's schemes change because they've shortened their rotation and you all of a sudden it's not. We've got you tonight and this team tomorrow, and two days we got this team. It's seven games, four to seven, with this team. This team knows you, and you should know them, and you got to be able to. And that's why going to this Toronto Boston series that was so great because you saw Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens going back and forth, back and forth on being able to adjust what the other team was doing. This one, Miami said Miami came in and. Pretty much ran the same thing at him, and the Bucks said, "Okay, well, we're also gonna do the same thing." That didn't work, and you didn't beat them. Like they they made no adjustments to even attempt. And whether that is putting Giannis on Jimmy Butler, or you know Giannis take stepping up and, and, and going to Jimmy Butler, the say shooting was terrible. It's getting blood so off the floor when he's two for twelve. Sure, he's got nine assists, but. We're four minutes left in the fourth quarter. You probably got half those in the first half anyway. Like, get him out there. Play someone who gives you a shot at at making – like, getting a basket. Even driving to the hoop, which is what Bledsoe's better at than shooting, he wasn't great at. Oh, my God. And, I mean, Miami's a, like, really good defensive team, and they all buy in. And it's – they've got some great young shooters and Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero was – I can imagine playing against that kid growing up was, like, really annoying. Because he is one cocky MFer. <laughs> Motherfucker. And, and he's just going to do... Thank you. None of us have swore on this podcast. He's gonna Thanks do, for keeping it nice and family-friendly. Yeah. He's going to do it just fine in Miami. He's, yeah, just oh, fine. Yeah, I mean, this, this Miami team's good. And, you know, we'll see what how they do against Boston and... You know, they might, maybe they're a piece away from being a real big contender. The, then the only question for them is, what piece can you put with Butler? Who's going to buy into the Butler way and the Miami way? Oh, I think they've got a solid core group around them. They, um, they do. I mean, Jay Crowder's on a smaller contract. They could re-sign if they want to. He's going to be in free will. agency this year. I was he, he like you heard like all but two of his shots in the playoffs have been threes. Oh yeah, he's been shooting nothing but threes, and he's been hitting him at a high percentage. Hey, and he's, he's shoot, a good defender. He's shooting, he, but he's three. shooting better right now than he has his entire career. They, yeah. they yeah. literally put him on Giannis for most of the series, and he did amazing. Because Honestly. you got because they had to put they had to put Bam on Brook. Right. Yeah. And it works, and but you could also put Butler, and you could put Iguodala. You can put these. Mid-range guys on them because there's no weak link on this team. Goran Dragic, no, holy Drago shit, that's surprised the fuck amazing. out of me. He, he, well, so Kendrick Nunn had some issues coming into the bubble, and so he said, "All right, we're gonna start Dragic," and then Dragic has been killing them. Kendrick Nunn didn't play a game in the Pacers series, God. and only played two or three games in the Bucks series. Dragic has been that good. And I'm looking at this final game like uh, stat sheet. 
One, two, three, four, five, six guys scoring in double figures at the least being 12 points. That's amazing. That's something that I think gets really undervalued for Jimmy Butler is that, yeah, he'll go out there and maybe he, he won't He up. dropped that 40-point game, but he didn't, ha- he, didn't, he didn't have to either. He right. like other games. Also, how many games in the series did he not really score for, through the first three quarters, just played defense and play made, and then and fourth quarter the stretch of the fourth, that's when he 14 started scoring. Passing the rock yeah. so right. I can shoot it. <laughs> right, and, and that, that to me is so incredibly valuable because it – That's it, a leader. There's that, and then also if you're changing your scheme at the end of the game and forcing them to make adjustments. Oh, shoot, like, they're not doing the same thing. We can't get into a rhythm. Oh, yeah. shoot. That, uh, honestly, to, to, just, to just be able to wait till the fourth quarter to wake up the scoring is so incredibly valuable. I am more excited for this series against the Celtics than I am, I think, the Bucks versus the Celtics. I yes. think it's going to be more... Uh, competitive in the sense that I think the Heat have a better chance to beat the Celtics. Uh, I think the Celtics yeah. probably would have As, as Sam said prior to the playoffs starting, like the Heat match up well against virtually everybody in the Eastern Conference versus the other teams like, that's clearly not a good matchup. But the Heat are one of the few teams that can play one through five with everybody. Yes. Versus like the Celtics matchup, you know, we saw the Bucks kind of beat the crap out of them in the regular season and whatnot and beat the crap out of them last year. The Bucks match up better against the – or the Boston doesn't match up as well against Milwaukee yeah. as they as they would other people. But, like, yeah, Cl- a, 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 a Bucks-Celtics series, I think, would, would have been not as entertaining as the Heat-Boston series. The right. Clippers are the only remaining team that I don't think the Heat matched up against well. Uh, I don't know. And you've got you got you got Kawhi and Paul George. You just gonna defend them with Butler, Iguodala, and Crowder all game. Right. But I think that Pat, uh, I think they match up well with the Lakers, with the Celtics. I think LeBron, I think LeBron still owns and Jimmy I, Butler. I, I I guess I he guess he did it in Chicago. He did it in t- uh, Minnesota, and I. I guess, don't remember what they did in, uh, when he was at the 76ers, I, but... I guess technically they don't match up well with the Rockets, and the Rockets are still in this, air quotes, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so... Anything can happen! <laughs> Obviously, Milwaukee has to uh, change something. Um, again, I don't think Bledsoe is a good one. I think they need someone else, and, whether it, and Middleton's got to show up. Yeah, well, going back to the Heat. The Heat, good job. I'm excited to see what you guys bring against the Celtics coming up. Uh, But moving on to that next series. Boston-Toronto. Was fucking sweet. This series was .7 seconds from being over after three games. It was. Ananobi hits that shot, and then boom. And then even game six was crazy. Double overtime. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Unbelievable. And then, yeah, it was, and as I said, you know, the ability for Brad Stevens, this was as much of a Brad Stevens versus Nick Nurse series as it was the players. Yeah. It was two of the younger, great minds of basketball just going back and forth, back and forth. And it was a heck of a series. And you saw, like, Boston, you know, went up, and then, like, Toronto came back, and then they put Marcus Smart on Lowry and had to make, made him run everything through Van Vliet instead, and. Pretty much playing Mark Gasol off the court for most of the series, but Ibaka very, played really well. Very poor performance by Pascal, yes. unfortunately. The entire playoffs. It was really. very all disappointing. Eight, all, 
both series, he was not near the player he was last year. And that was even with Kawhi last year. His development was stunted, I think. He, he's been playing one note a lot of his career, and now it's he's made a big enough splash that people are like, oh, well, we just have to practice defending for this? Okay, we can do that. He's kind of got like the same move when he drives. Spin. Dribble spin, yeah. And, and he's not the best shooter he can, but I almost... May, he's almost like almost a little like Giannis in the point where like he makes his money more in the post area driving than he is shooting. Can Pascal Siakam is obviously a better shooter. Giannis is a better finisher, but it's like you need you need more development, a more well-rounded player. Because if he's to going to be better. the number one on a team, he's got to show more than 15 points. I don't think he should be the number game. one. I think that's one of the big moves for Toronto is to go out. They did a great – they had a great, valiant effort. I'm going to applaud them as somebody who's been a hater of Toronto for the past four years. You guys did excellent. Congratulations. You proved me wrong. Kyle Lowry, you are an all-star. Nicely done. The all-famer. Well, let's not talk about that. We were just uh, now acknowledging he's an all-star, Sam. We can't go that far now. One go out and get you – a star player. Yes, you don't need one to get you a good regular season record and into the playoffs. But, but you know but what you, you but do. But you need proved it? you have the. T- all you need is a star to win. Yeah, but getting for selling a free agent on Toronto. Toronto, just living in Toronto is a hard sell. Tough sell. Yeah. Tough sell. So uh, go out, get you a get, get a get, get a Ford guy. The uh, yeah. the funniest they showed a graphic in oh yeah they showed a graphic in game seven last night it was like Toronto was down two zero here and one zero here and two zero and three zero and it showed all their like how how they were down in the series and they came back and won every series right. and I'm like up until like 2017 I'm like oh that's right <laughs> that's because LeBron, LeBron was there before. And they couldn't win shit when LeBron was in. I thought it was like funny. It was like they almost should have put it post LeBron leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers. Here's what the Raptors have done in the playoffs. Look at them come back in all these series. <laughs> yeah. So that's my advice to you, Toronto. Go out, get you a superstar. Uh, Kyle Lowry. Yes. Is it that is. easy? Why doesn't every team do that? Because you know they're just not thinking about it, guys. <laughs> GM, right here. I got you. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Marcus Saul, you had a great run. Probably time to bow out. Pascal Siakam, bring him back. Kyle Lowry, bring him back. Getting a little older. Got to start thinking about that long term. Fred VanVleet, I would not hang my hat on. I want him to be a backup point guard than a starter. I agree. He's a good. He's good coming off the bench. Norm Powell saved them in Game Six. They, you, they have a lot of great pieces, and they can turn some of those pieces into a superstar with some assets. VanVleet could also be a great starting point guard on a team where your primary playmaker is a three. Yeah. Right, like imagine if you had LeBron at your, uh, yes. like, and he, uh, you had Van uh, Vliet as a comeback. Hell, Van Vliet into the Seventy Sixers would be fucking stunning. Right, exactly. Um, or uh, what's another playmaking three? Um, why am I blanking on this? This is embarrassing. We're gonna cut Durant. Uh, Durant. Paul George. Kawhi. Uh, <laughs> Last year, Kawhi. Playmaking. Yeah, Kawhi. is not really a uh, um, playmaker. Um. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Thank you. Um, or how about uh, Siakam? <laughs> <laughs> Bad example because he's already on the team. But <laughs> also, playmaking. He doesn't really do a lot of that. Yeah. Hey, he, he's, he's a good 
drive and kick guy, and he's good off and dribble handoffs. Which, yeah. anywho, Toronto's got some work. Go back, tinker in the in the lab. See, we'll see what you got next year. Um, all right, so that do we want to just go into the one and two of Western Conference and talk about uh, conference finals after that? Uh, let. Or do we want to just do conference finals? Let's just do it. We're already there. Conference finals, Miami, Boston, in the right. East. I going to be a fun series to watch. Six, six, seven games at least. I uh, yeah. I, I, I do not see either the of battle. Going the, out the battle easy. between I think at the end of the day, Tatum and Butler is going to be fun to watch. You know, it's Bam, Bam out of bio is going to be down low against Williams and Tice. I don't know how much I buy into the Bam Adebayo super train yet. I think he's going to be it, a No, I'm not, I'm not even talking about, like, super train. I'm just talking, like, he's there and he's he's going to – I think he's going to put up more of a competition than Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka did. Fair. Just I, – I, I think, you know, and it's not just, like, the shooting, but, like, just the hustle. It's going to be there out of, Bam, out of Bam Adebayo where it wasn't there out of Marcus Gasol. And it was limited out of Sergi Baca. So keys for the Celtics are going to be to shut down Bam, Bam Adebayo. Take him out. You have multiple players you can put on him to try to eliminate him from being a um, factor. And you're you're still freed up in scoring because your wings are where you're, you're getting your, your serious points from. I, I, Boston, I also think it's going to be perimeter defense when you look at all the shooting on Miami. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Boston needs to contain their shooters. And Boston has a shoot with you. Kemba hasn't been great the past two games. And we all know how hit or miss Marcus Smart is. Like that one game oh where he went God. like 0 for five, 0 for six, and then five for five. It's like you you just don't know what you're gonna get. Jalen Brown, the only like shooting that I really like to say uh, right now, he's like okay, you know what you're getting is probably Jason Tatum. So you have to you have to shoot well and you have to contain Miami because Dragic is playing so well and because Duncan Robinson and um, Tyler Hero can come in and drop five straight threes on you out of nowhere, and Crowder shooting the ball better than he ever has. This is a very uh, three-heavy team, but they're very – Eric Spolstra, great at uh, adjusting. So yeah. watch out. If they're not hitting yeah, the three is, ball, they're going to be driving it and trying to hit it down low to bam out of bio. Yeah. This is going to be a fun series. Definitely a fun series. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say – what do you give it to? Boston and seven. Boston and seven. As much as I really just don't want to see Boston sports go, do well because it's Boston, but I'm gonna go Heat in. Heat and four. Heat, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Heat and six. I'm gonna also say Heat and six. Fucking copy. Because I'm a unique snowflake. <laughs> All, right. All right, Western Conference. Westies. Uh. So the. Clippers. Well, well, well. I have not felt super confident about them. Oh, Porzingis doesn't get ejected game one. They win that game. That makes me very mad. There should have been oh, a, a game seven. Could, that, oh. There should have been a game it, seven. So it, it, it makes you mad, but he absolutely should have been uh, ejected. Both techs were, uh, granted, soft techs, but soft. by definition, a tech. Yeah, right. you can, uh, you don't have to explain it to me. Yeah, they technically yes got him there, but fucking a man, that's right. bullshit. It, it I it's more I think a mental lapse on Porzingis than a fault of the officials oh. that Porzingis. And that's what he said after the game. Yeah. Like for two kids who are like under twenty five years old, him and Luca were 
Absolutely. A lot more professional than half the players in the NBA who've been oh. in the league and know what to say and what not Granted, to say. Granted, they've also both been professional since they were like 14. Nice. So. To, to hear them speak <laughs> to about the whole situation was very refreshing to see them take ownership and responsibility and for, then, for, for fucking up. And obviously, Porzingis got hurt, didn't play the last couple games, and an amount of 20-point leads the Lakers, the Clippers blew in this series... I mean, they were down 24 at well, the first well, game one. Dallas was down by 20 plus. Game three or four, Dallas was down, and Luka single handedly pulled that one. Oh, uh, game, he was so good. Game four went off. He um, was so good. If, one of the best. If, I mean, really, if I'm the Mavericks, like, Trey Burke looked great. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. So they have a lot of solid pieces. Maybe, maybe you try to find. A, a more solid three. I'm not saying Tim Hardaway Jr. isn't that, but maybe you want something more because you really you can't trust Porzingis's injury history. That I mean, they were also missing. Nah, no, it wasn't Maxi Kleba. Who they missed? Powell. Uh, Powell. Powell. Kleba didn't shoot the ball overly well in this series either. It was Dwight Powell. Yeah. So I really don't think I think it's a complete well built team. There might be some room on the fringe, but I think for the most part your core is built. Right. Yeah, that's a solid, fun Seth, team to watch next season. Seth Curry is awesome off the bench. Great. Um, Great. Hardaway Jr.'s overpaid, but he's doing his role well, and as long as Luka's still cheap, you can afford to overpay him. Yeah, Which, that, that's going to be a down-the-line problem you're going to have. you got to uh, watch out. Well, I mean, we'll have to see how the contracts line up, but eventually when you pay Luka, uh, I'm sure any st- statistician could, or any agent could look at Hardaway Jr. and say, all right, well... You somehow got this last contract, but you're worth about half that. We'll pay you five eighths that. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, the Clippers won that in six. I think there should have been a seven. Uh, what did you see from the Clippers in that first series that concerned you? Paul oh, George uh, is so fucking streaky. Yeah. yeah. Literally, like, yeah, the last two games of the series, it's like, it's that one game, Paul George dropped, like, 30 points. It's like, okay, he found a shot. It's over now. Yeah, it's over now. And, but I think we've seen that not only out of Paul George, but out of the the Clippers as a whole. We saw those lapses, those 20-point blown leads. Again, you, you get these points where all of a sudden it's like, yes, they can be so good. Yeah. But they can also just completely disappear. Like last night, Lou Williams comes in, goes two for eleven. Like Paul George and Kawhi have decent games, but everyone else is just like, where are you guys at? Where's this bench that was so good? You have two six men of the years on that bench, and they combined for like eleven points last night, and against the Nuggets. And the same thing happened in the Clippers series. Not only is Paul George streaky, but this team is streaky. And it when they're on, they're on. When they're not. Again, going back to the same problem that the Bucks had, got to shorten the rotation. When you got the guys who are shooting well, get them the ball. Don't worry about the rest. Have everybody else play defense, hard nose. Kawhi Leonard, he even had his own bad game. He had he had a he played a great first round series, kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but he had a, a shitty series against or a shitty game against the the Nuggets where he I think scored like twelve points, eleven points, something like that. It was not good, um, but. Again, you have a lot of guys on that team who can score, but if everyone starts looking around like, oh, I thought you were supposed to be on tonight. Oh, shit, I thought it was you. Me? Oh, no, fuck. 
And all of a sudden, it's game seven. You're relying on Draymond Green to hit fucking seven threes <laughs> to try to outdo LeBron and Kyrie. Honestly. So, that, to me, that's an eye-opening experience for the Clippers that maybe it'll get better going down the line. You're going to shorten the rotation. I got, they got to finish go. off the Nuggets. Right. So, it's still not it's still not. N- nuggets have already come back from 3-1. So, one, one side note about Paul George that worried me is he came forward and basically said it was like part of the reason – but like when I play poorly, it's really hard for me to overcome that because of all the noise of the millions of people on social media talking about it. And I think that's a completely – I'm not faulting him for that. That's completely fair. Millions of people told me I sucked at my job. It would probably affect my performance too. But I'm worried that he said that because now it's sort of like two for flinching, right? Because now mm. now they know it works. <laughs> and so they're just going to continue what we to call real estate, down. buddy. Right. what we call real estate. Like why you'd ever admit to internet trolls that what they're doing is working? Oh, man, that always goes over well. <laughs> oh, man, what we're saying is making them feel sad? <laughs> Shit, we better t- straighten her up. Right. And, and so, like, I told – I completely understand, and I'm sure Paul George – Far and away is not the only player, and frankly, I get you're in the bubble and you're bored, but if I were an NBA player in the bubble, I would just delete all social media apps. That's why LeBron usually goes dark when playoff times hit. Right. He just, not about it. Not about it. Something something to be said for doing that. But, you know, and I'm sure if you're at home, that's a lot easier, but how many hours do you think they spend cooped up in their hotel rooms? They're cooped up right now. True. True. I mean, but they, they're they're all bit. Well, I guess the younger generation of them, like Cat and Book, they're all big gamers. They probably just yeah, they'd be all tired. They'd be playing the game. But the older, but the older players who have been around a while, I don't know. Apparently, you know, they do a bunk. The the whole wine, extraordinaire NBA stuff was all falling into the bubble. I read a, an article on ESPN about how player like had flown in five hundred dollars, five hundred thousand dollars worth of like wine things, and they they had like wine coolers brought into the. To the bubble and all this the shit. So like they want. They're, they're doing the same thing. They're all sitting around by the pool, right. like drinking wine. All like it's 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 like a frat. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a wine frat in the NBA. And your initiation LeBron officer is your or whatever. Le, Le, yeah, LeBron <laughs> and uh, Chris Paul are your rush chairman. I slapped the bag, boys. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's what they're doing. They just got pallets of boxed Franzia down there. <laughs> Only, only the best. I, I Myers Leonard sitting there slapping the back. <laughs> I, I used to listen a little bit of CJ McCollum's podcast, and on every podcast he reviewed a bottle of wine that he uh, re, uh, drank recently, and a couple times I Googled the bottle of wine, and they're always like $1,500 plus. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Thanks for the review. <laughs> cool. I got my $8 red from the gas station right here. I'll drink along with you, CJ. I, too, think this has a burnt smoky flavor. <laughs> so... So moving on to what was probably one of the most exciting series in the first round was the Jazz Nuggets. That was definitely the best series. Yep. Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell. Called it. Balling out. Well, I didn't technically call it because Donovan Mitchell beat him by a game, but... So. No, it was the same game. It was he well, beat he him just in the game. He got well, it five minutes Don- early. Donovan Mitchell dropped a 50. And then the next one, they both dropped 50. That's right. And then, uh, and then Murray dropped, Murray dropped a 50 after that. Hell of a series. Yeah, it was pretty fucking sweet. But yeah, uh, I think, you know... We, that is a lot. We can't count it, but that is the closest anyone this year has been to calling a 50 Yes. Yeah. It is. And I got to say that uh, the Jazz, that 
It's a lot more than I thought they'd do. Being up three one. I thought they I thought it was gonna be maybe a five six team series and Denver was gonna handle I, it. You honestly that, easily. The, the Jazz were the underdog in this and going out to a three one lead, holy shit, did we all think, wow, this is Looking pretty bad. Are the Nuggets even good? Like, do they even know how to play basketball? Yeah. And then Jamal Murray's like, oh, shit, that's right. I have to shoot more. Oh, shoot. It, it, yeah. Honestly. Shoot. They, they got Gary Harris back, which helped. They still don't have any Will Barton right now, but getting Gary Harris back. I that think was kind of helps. Just puts – at least it's another body to defend he's, he's, Donovan Mitchell because he he's a pretty good defender. He is their best defender, which doesn't say a lot because they're not a good defensive team. No. But – Jokic was very oh my god he was so bad on defense in the first couple games like he eventually stepped it up a little bit but he he was getting bodied like literally just drive it at him and he'll you'll you'll get a, a bucket but Gobert pretty much manhandled him too and Gobert's not an offensive threat normally either right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah great series um, tough loss Conley showed up I think that was yeah. huge he showed that those spreadsheets and woes didn't affect him even after his son being born like two days prior to this game start for game one starting in his first game back did he shoot something crazy like six for six from three or something yeah and, and you know, <laughs> that right that is why the Jazz got him now Bogdanovich plays I don't right. know I don't know maybe, maybe you swing at the that, Jazz's that's way a Bogdanovich of, that's plays that's a lot of scoring yeah Bogdanovich put up my favorite stat line of the year, which was 38 <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm shocked Clay like, Thompson hasn't had a game like that. Because Clay Thompson's like, dropped a yeah, 50-bomb by taking shit. four dribbles or something like right. that. 42 points, four dribbles. He's, the problem is he's such a good defender that he only gets some rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that sucks. So, all right, the Jazz Nuggets series, great job. Nuggets, or Jazz... Heading into the offseason, are they going to make any moves? The Jazz? Awesome. No. I think no, the Jazz, I mean, I think the jazz You look at it and you think, okay, is. we get – I think you might look into Lundborg. getting a, a – like Ed Davis didn't work out, maybe trying to get – and Royce O'Neal played well, but maybe try to get a better backup center for when Gobert's off. You know, maybe that's in the draft. There's a lot of solid power forward centers in this draft. So yeah. that – can come in and give you the 10 minutes. So I think you maybe you look to upgrade the center position. But other than that, like, I liked what Mitchell and Conley did. Jordan Clarkson was Clark- great off the bench the entire Clark- season. You're getting Bogdanovich back. You have Joe Ingles. I think you just need a little more rim protection. <laughs> this is the last Link year. Bears out. This is the last year of Clarkson's contract, so they'll have to bring him back if they want him. I think they're they would. He's Donovan averaging, like, Mitchell said he's going to sign that big extension. Yeah, so. Donovan Mitchell's already locked in for a big extension, which starts in 21-22, which is also run Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. Uh, assuming they do have an early termination option for Mike Conley next year, but I don't think they'll do that. Well, that, that, that and I, w- I wouldn't expect Conley's contract to get any bigger. How old is he now? 32? 32. So he'll, uh, be, he'll, he'll be 33 at the end. You'd be paying him 34 mil. Who, Conley? Well, yeah. So, yeah, so that this is next season. I Oh, I see now. I see, I see. Yeah. So they could cut him now. No, you're right. They won't. They're yeah, not so they'll, they'll leave him, but then that's, gonna, that's probably going to be the money that gets... Uh, Gobert, because Mitchell's going to uh, eat, start eating money here. Because uh, Gobert's up for the Supermax. Oh, so if she is, I don't Supermax him. I wouldn't Supermax Gobert either. But I think a team will. Uh, they'll max him. They can't Supermax right. him. Right. I think, but I think they'll, I think they'll max him. Yeah. Which 
This is a dangerous upcoming season for the Jazz because if they don't make the most of it, it's going to be some rebuild time. They can't get because I think you lose Rudy Gobert, you lose a big defensive presence of your whole especially, your whole team. Especially because that uh, free agency has so many prizes that I'm sure a lot of people are going to free up cap trying to get the Giannis, the Kawhi's, yep. the Paul George. Yep. And if you don't win Giannis, right. why Paul George? I guess I'll take a defensive player, two-time defensive yeah, player. Because yeah, yeah. you got to answer to the fans. It's like, oh, why did we release these many players? Like, why did we... To bring in Rudy Gobert! <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... This is a dangerous time for the Jazz. Looks like, they, oh my god, their 21-22 season. They've got literally Bojan, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and... Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. <laughs> oh, and Mie Oni and Jawan Morgan. No, Mie Oni and uh, Nigel Williams Goss. Yeah. For a combined $3.5 million. Yeah. That team is going to be crazy. Bogdanovich. I didn't realize how long they had Bogdanovich. They had him through 23. And at a steady, he starts at $17 million, ends at nineteen five. That's... For, for his scoring, it's a little expensive, but it's not. It's palatable. Uh, yeah, I think that looks pretty good. Right. Um, okay, so moving on to one of my favorite series as a fan, uh, OKC versus the Houston Rockets. Such a good series. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And would also like to note I was somewhat right. I was close. I had predicted that the Rockets would win if Russell Westbrook returned. They did. I predicted it in six, turned out to be seven. Russ had a little bit of rust. That's all I can say. Uh, he's still not, to me, running at 100% of what they were doing in the regular season. And maybe that just, it's a, it's a, a run-up time, a lead-up time. I'm, I'm not sure, but questionable decisions, questionable shots. Yeah. Okay, we, we knew this was going to be a good series because, again, OKC, only team who wasn't slated to be there, and they played... After those first two games, they were like, it's over. You know, Rockets are going to get it. And then, you know, Chris Paul shows up and nay, nay. again. Nay, nay. <laughs> also, Loki, uh, maybe the series MVP is Dort. The way, is Dort. The way Dort was able to lock up Harden. Like, he did well defensively. Offense, he was a big liability. He, he, he was really streaky. He found a shot in game seven. Yeah, in, in one game. Yeah, he did. But, and, but that's not why he, I cut his draft – St- like analysis coming out of Arizona State was that he's a good defensive player. He was unfree- not necessarily the offensive guy. Was he a free agent? He came sure. off the G League. Yeah, I think he, sure. he was undrafted, went to the G League. Yeah. And got so, I mean, that's – again, if you can get a guy like that, like Robert Covington too, like that's just a, that the Rockets have, that's a win because, you know, you're not – you don't have to pay him shit for like four or five years. Right. And you know it's not you're not taking a hit on your cap space. He's, you know he's he's uh, he's Roberson 2.0. I know Roberson's still on the team, but you know that when he was there, he was a great defensive team. Couldn't shoot the ball worth a damn. No. So that would. So I mean I think OKC you know, obviously you're you're building around Shea Gillis Alexander. Um, it seems like it just year to year whatever Chris Paul's doing at this point. Obviously, he's on a contract, and I would assume they're going to keep him, but I'm not sure what moves they can really do right now. Obviously, you're bringing in a new coaching staff because 
they mutually agreed to part ways with Billy Donovan, and one of the reasons was the unknown path that the franchise is taking. They didn't really know what they were doing. Are they going to try to rebuild? Or are they going to try to keep going like this? And that I think, bugs me. That... I don't know if it was Billy Donovan wanted more was a, a, a more direct about? answer about what, what they were going to do, or if the part was we don't know what we're going to do, so we're whatever we're going to do, we're going to start it with the new coach. Or, or, or even maybe they're saying they don't know to the public, but it's also possible that they said we're going to rebuild. Billy Donovan says I don't want to be here for that. Exactly, which I if it's that I agree. That's fine. But he doesn't want to go through a rebuild for the third time. Um, whatever it is, just. But also, I, I assume part of the rebuild pro- uh, process will be to shop Chris Paul for anything you can get. And mm-hmm. if you can't get a deal for Chris Paul, if you're, you're going to think you do. have to change. I don't think you do. I don't think you shop Chris Paul. One of the best player development players I've ever seen. He has been able to bring Shea Gilchrist Alexander to a next level, and I think it's only going to get better from there. He's an excellent leader. He's an excellent player developer. Yes, you are paying for him, and it's a shit contract. It's but long. It's but the, the contract that you have so many assets. If you are just literally trading everyone and just bringing in assets, who's going to help teach them? Again, How, and, you're but literally just you also have to remember the draft picks OKC has. The, it, that's what um, I'm talking the about. The straight volume of them. That they could literally be... have so many that they need to do something with them, or else they're just going to be wasted. So either they start attaching them in trades. Or they use them as draft picks and try to develop those players. Yeah, again, again, and you know, and I, I think they'll probably try to go, you know, kind of down the middle, try to trade some, keep some, because at the end of the day, you don't know what your draft pick's going to be. Right. You know what you're getting when you're acquiring a player. Like you don't know if you're going to get an all star with your draft pick, but you know if you trade for an all star, you're getting an all star. That's the risk you run with all draft picks. I'm real quick going to so, look at the number of picks. It's a lot. Then they get four from Houston and like and three from LA because it was all yeah. the it was all the Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Two from Houston, uh, four from Paul George, and another one for Jeremy Grant. Never. Mm. Which honestly, for Denver, I know we're done and talking about that. Great, great. Also, uh, he played really well. He's been playing really well for Denver. Also, isn't it four draft picks and three pick swaps? So in the 2020 Probably. draft, they have the Nuggets first rounder, which is a top 10 protected. They own the first rounder, which is a one to 20 protected, and their own second rounder, top 55. Um, 2021, they have their own. They have Heat's first round unprotected, and they have their own second round. 2022, they have their own first rounder, top 14 protected. The Clippers first rounder, which is unprotected, and their own second rounder could be owed to the 76ers. 2023, again, better first rounder between the Thunder and the Clippers. The Heat's first rounder, lottery protected, and their own second rounder. They're, oh my God, just 2024, they've got another Clippers first rounder, unprotected. Grizzlies second rounder and their own second. I mean, the Clippers went all in. On PG and Kawhi. They've like, got the first. This work. The Clippers have no first rounders for like the next five years. I mean, oh they do just the Python roll, but they get every other. Yeah, you're right. Because the 2025, the better first rounder between the Thunder and the Clippers. Right. So and then they, 2026, their own first rounder and the Clippers' first rounder. Right. They basically, for the next seven years, 
gave them a draft, a first round draft pick every other year, and then on the off years to a pick swap. Yep. Which is the same thing the Lakers did to the Pelicans. It's the best thing you can do as far as he's like just take the draft picks. Yep, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Now imagine if AD leaves in the offseason. <laughs> or, but yeah. Um. Okay. So. Yeah, but if they if they win a ship, it'll all be worth it. That's all they're trying to do. Because that's what Toronto did. All right. So the Thunder series, great. Love to see it. Thunder or uh, Rockets moved on. Lakers Portland. Lakers Portland. We were. All, I was a little bit nervous after the first uh, first game. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I, I wasn't nervous. Um, um. I wasn't nervous, but I thought for sure that. I I, de- I definitely wasn't nervous. I thought that their bigs overwhelmed AD, and that made me worried for future series, right? I knew they'd beat Portland, but just watching uh, Nurkic Nurkic just uh, humiliate AD, just like, oh boy, he's not not the only center in the West. (laughs) See, but right now, like, looking at it all now, like, as as a Laker, like, I wouldn't be overly worried. Obviously, you knew that you were going to have a big man on the Rockets. I'm not too worried about the Clippers with Zubak. If Denver wins, you know, okay, Jokic, interesting. Boston, Miami, both smaller teams. I mean, Nurkic and Nurkic and Jokic were the two best centers they could have played. Yeah. Or Gobert had it gone that direction too. So that's gonna be their advantage. Um, I need we I need to see more from Anthony Davis as far as post presence. He's doing well against PJ Tucker. He you know not after the first couple of games, but. In well, what Vogel's doing is he's starting McGee and then he's moving AD to the five after McGee goes out. Like literally, Javel McGee plays like the first ten minutes and that's roughly about it. Because then AD goes to the five and they bring Markeith Morris in and Markeith Morris plays the four and they bring in another shooter. He's playing. He's starting out at the at the four, but again, that closing lineup AD is out at the five, which is where he. Should be. I just want to see the lineup where they have Dwight, Javale, and AD all on the floor with LeBron. Markeith Morris. And Markeith. That'd be so big. Right, the Denver lineup. Just huge. How many big players can we put out there? Fuck it, throw Kostas in there. <laughs> That's true. If you're going for pure height, he's on the bench. <laughs> he is on the bench. But they ended up racking it up in five. Um, Injuries kind of piled up for Portland. Got Collins a, got hurt again. Lillard. Shout out to Dame Lillard putting out his entire full force effort. Also shout out to CJ for playing with a fractured back. Yeah. yeah. What? CJ. Yeah. And it, like you wouldn't notice it by watching. He still went out there and balled. I've done but that before in volleyball. It hurts to just do this. Oh. Like literally, just bend it. It hurts to do that. It's. Fucking five games yeah. of that shit. That's impressive. Wow, a lot of physio therapy in, yeah. in cold tubs and hot tubs after those games. <laughs> uh, all right, so circling back, it makes me kind of wonder if that's kind of the Lakers' strategy. Drop the first game, fuck it, who needs it? And that's kinda... true. They they dropped the first one to the Rockets. Yeah, but... I don't know if it's a strategy thing. I just I it makes me wonder if Frank Frank Vogel maybe he's not an X's and O's guy, but maybe he's an adjustment guy. So like as far as making a plan, he's like I don't I can't make a plan. I don't know you, what they're gonna do. You, you think he rolls out the same game plan at the beginning of every series right. and then adjusts accordingly? Exactly. I think that's probably what it is. That makes more sense because it just seems like they come out not looking like the Lakers. They also have played lazy in game one. 
the World Series. So, like, if we win this one, sweet, but if we don't, we'll make adjustments. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little concerned about their defense. Oh. Um, it seems like if you can get even the smallest of steps on a drive to the basket, They're gonna no, look no help defense is coming. Well, They're watching. Particularly with the Rockets, though. I think that's part of their scheme with the Rockets. Um, Two's ignore, better than a three. Ignoring game one, like, I know in game, what was it? Four, uh, they held the Rockets to less than 33 pointers and also held them to like 32% on them. They were just forcing them to not take three point shots. Yeah. They're, they're almost, it, so they're forcing them to play Westbrook style of game as opposed to Harden's. Right. That is true. They're and also, there's more Harden pieces on the Rockets than there are Westbrook pieces. They're, they're forcing them to play a different way than they play the whole season, which means that the Rockets need to turn around, and if they're not going to shoot all those threes, they're going to need to start slashing. They're going to need to start cutting. They're going to need to move off ball Would Clint Capella have helped score. in this, in this no. series, you think? I think no. so. I do not. You don't think? No. I, I, only because AD has been dominating in the post after game one. Game one, P.J. Tucker shut him down. Still getting out-rebounded by P.J. Tucker, though. Yeah. That's and that's just hustle. That's hustle, <laughs> baby. I, I think, Hard I think that's just, P.J. Tucker would fit so well. Yeah, he really would. Oh, Peter yeah. Tucker is also low-key super old. Yeah, because yeah, he played in Europe for a while before coming yeah. over to the NBA. Played, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played in Phoenix for a while and then had some issues and came back. Um, but shout-outs to, to – okay, or shout-out to Russ and the Rockets for at least putting up a fight. Do you think they close it tonight? Bit. It's going to be interesting. That's the, the game that's on tonight. Yeah, I think they close it. Playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo. We have not talked about him. I didn't even realize he was going to be back. I, I knew he had the wrist injury. We knew he was going to miss the early bubble. I didn't even think about him coming back. Then I turned on the game. It's like, boom, Rondo's in. I'm like, okay. They literally okay. – I saw a lot of preseason predictions and reports for the series, and they said, do not play Rondo at all costs. And I was like, well, maybe. I mean, in the bubble, it's still regular season, so, yeah, he wasn't great. Still love Baker Bradley. He had a plus 28, plus minus. Just fucking yeah. rude. Ridiculous. He's almost triple doubled in like three games. Yeah. Um, and that's most of his points are coming in the fourth he, quarter. He, he's got the assist. He's being the what what they need him to be, and no more, no less. Right. And it's working. Good defender. Plus, good he, facilitator. He's got shoot the three when they get it to you. He's got great chemistry with AD when LeBron's off the court. Yes. Because yes. they played together in, in right. uh, New Orleans. Yes. Oh my god. That little backspin. Well, which which which, which really helps because prior prior to Rondo being there when LeBron was off the court, kind of you know. You, you might have a 10-point lead when LeBron goes off, but when he comes back on, he might be down to two because the offense just struggled to find a rhythm with help LeBron there. With Rondo being the facilitator while LeBron's off that, you right. have he doesn't have to be proven LeBron, facilitator. A facilitator, somebody to get the ball out there. And I love Caruso because he can be a facilitator sometimes, but I think he's, he's, he's much more a slasher. great slasher. He's and, awesome. and, but in the statistics, so he plays he really well when he's playing with LeBron. Yeah. Like, that's when Crusoe's at his best. Yeah, when he's, he's moving. LeBron. I was going to say, part of that is because he's the only one out there hustling. He's, not, he's, yeah. he's literally doing it the most, and I love it. He's defensive-minded. He's got hops out the ass. He's hitting dagger threes. Oh. From the wing. I just there's this one clip of the Lakers where the uh, LeBron's dribbling in, he gets doubled, and then Caruso flies around to the cor- to the three, 
and LeBron sees him, he just like smirks and smiles and dishes him the ball and he just drains it. And he's like JJ Redick in that <laughs> in Corver in that sense. They're like, always moving. They, they've made made their career in the NBA on just we're just gonna be, we're, we're constantly gonna be moving. You see, the NBA can become so stagnant. It's like like when you watch the Rockets play when James Harden is isoing up top, everyone's just standing there. Yeah. And that's the and, off but that, movement we and needed that, to see. Granted, that's the way Arden plays basketball. But you don't see Not a lot always. of this moving around, like on off ball. No in, one does that. In his early days, James Harden was top tier slasher, uh, dribble handoff, screen. He was in the mix. He was moving off ball. He was one of the top tier guys to do that. That's when he was, you know, coming off the bench at OKC. But now, even in his first few seasons at, at uh, Houston, he was able to do that. But then he became the scoring threat that he is, and he just let the rest of that kind of go because that's it takes energy. And that I get regular season, you got to conserve. But in the playoffs, man, have some variety. That he did have the best defensive player play of the series at the end of game seven. Great! Like, oh the, my god! Under. Yeah, that was. Like, that, I was so impressed. Uh, and then he had a, another. Sim, he had a similar uh, fing- play finger at the end blocked. of game six that uh, ended up. Uh, he saved one going out of bounds and uh, was it was going right through Russell Westbrook and Dort got in between it and I he, I remember seeing him yell at Westbrook being like you have to go get it like don't wait for the ball you have to go get it I'm not I'm busting my ass out here yeah. It was uh, it, it definitely was good to see because he can do it. He was got he got labeled as a shit defender for a long time, and yeah, he kind of didn't. He just takes regular season off. He he didn't really try, but he's stepped it up over the past few seasons to right, so eliminate that stigma. Closing it out tonight, Lakers. Yep. I'm saying yes as well. I'll be the one that says no. I say they go one more game. Go one more game. Yeah. I mean, you go one more game. Also, you... James Harden has not dropped a forty bomb yet. In this playoff series, yeah. um, where's that at? I think that could come. That's true. We'll I see. Mean, he just gets hot. LeBron had 29 in the first half two nights last night ago. So I was like, and then I looked at like the final scoreboard and like LeBron had like 35 points. I'm like, oh, that's so what everybody else did. It. But that last game that the Lakers played, their scoring was six, seven guys in double figures: Kuzma, Rondo, obviously AD, LeBron. KCP and Danny Green were all in double figures, I think. Hard to beat a team when you got six guys scoring double figures right. and two all-stars who are probably going to be in the 20s. Yep. Hard to beat. Uh, if they're all hidden and those role players step up, that's a tough team to beat. Yep. Speaking of which, back to the Clippers. Their series is also now extended. They did, Denver, not, lose, or Denver they did not win last won night. won last night. Denver pulled little, it. A little bit of a comeback. uh Big comeback win for the Nuggets. Yeah, they were down. First lead was eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. First lead. Ridiculous. With that MPJ dunk two games ago. Oh, yeah. Nasty Just over, over Montrose Harrell. Joking on them. And then the same game, obviously, Kawhi had that middle finger block on Jamal Murray. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, MPJ scored all seven of the Denver's points in the last minute, 30 seconds. So... Also, they stayed at, they stayed one point under the under, so <laughs> up top. All right, let's get to uh, something that's not necessarily it is, but MPJ in his interview after the loss two nights ago, three nights ago, whatever it is, yeah. he kind of not he, he <laughs> quite caused quite a bit of a stir when he was asked the question about what they can do differently to go into the next game, and he gave the answer: uh, we need to be moving the ball around a little bit more. 
Um, we do, or I think we're a little bit predictable. Yeah, we've got can't, guys like can't Jokic rely on Murray and Jokic. More like, people need to get the ball. And to which I, I think but. he came out and he said things very much not in a. If you look at his demeanor, it's not like he was. I'm not going to speculate. He, anyway, he, he, my, did, he, he did. I believe he did specifically say though, Coach. Uh, what it? Coach Malone needs to make different play calls. Like, he, he did specifically at one point, and I don't think it was accusatory or anything, but he did at one point put the responsibility on the coach. Which, and then, the you know, apparently, you know, the players went and talked to him and management and the coach, and like, hey, man, like, keep all this stuff in the locker room, whatnot. Right. And but he answered he's the not question. Wrong. He answered the and question. He, and he wasn't wrong. You can't just rely on Murray and Jokic to do this. So all you have to tell him is don't answer the question. Just say, what can you do? And because that's, that's what it is. And nobody likes the I, he, answer that he gave, make, which was the right answer. Make more shots. He could just say that. Like, obviously, that's a cop-out answer. And then, and then apparently, like, well, he, he's a jerk to the media. media. And yeah. so I, I think – You can't win with the media. People were, very hard were, to win were media. so quick to just absolutely destroy him on the yeah. internet about the cattle. Yeah. Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard comes out saying, like, all this crazy shit about how he needs to just shut the fuck up. And he just doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a rookie. He doesn't have – basically saying that his opinion doesn't matter because he's a rookie. And it's like, all right, man, like, I get it. He said some stuff he could have kept internal. But he is a rookie. He's yeah. a rookie. Stop. And that's what Malone the said. Is, the problem is this isn't the first dumb thing he said. Because he's, he's young. Right, right. He's a dumb young kid. But it's one of those things where after he said one dumb thing. Ears are up. Right. Ears are up. So, yeah, they have to have that conversation, dude. Eyes are on you now. Whatever you say is going to be All right. picked just, apart. Just, just for uh, clarification, here's the quote. I mean, that's really up to the play calls. That's really up to the coaches. Who they uh, want to put the ball in whose hands. We keep going to Joe Cook and Maul, and those two are amazing players. You can never get mad at that. But I just think to beat that uh, that team, we got to get more players involved. we got to move the ball a little bit better. We can't be predictable against this team. I'm going to be out on the floor playing a lot of minutes. I think I should voice that concern. I'll probably talk with the coaches and just tell them uh, what I see being out there on the floor. Just letting them know, look, they know what we're go- uh, what we're doing. Like we gotta swing the ball. We've got a lot of players who can play basketball and score. We gotta get more guys involved. Right. It, it, the it, first it, half it's was not a bad quote, but it's it's the idea that he says I'm gonna talk to the coaches and let them know. It's a really bad look to tell that to the media before you. Exactly. If he would have ended it in the first half when he when he ended it with we gotta get more. I think we need to get more guys involved. If you would stop there, it wouldn't have been near an issue because the second part because at that is point when it he, seems like it's cohesive. Yeah, like, oh, they're this, on the, the on second the second part is when he says. I'm going to go talk to the coaches because I'm on the floor. That's when And now it's like, oh, you guys aren't on the same page? Oh, okay. Because so the first time was like we got a bunch of good players, but, you know, we had to get more more guys involved. Because, I mean, how many – we've heard players say that all the time. We got to get more guys involved. And that, you know, that could be coming from a point guard. Like we got to get more guys involved and someone will say, okay, he's the point guard. He means I've got to pass. You know, i got to find – Right. Interpretations is up. Bitch. Yeah. If you make the interpretation, oh, I gotta go talk to the coach. He's like, yeah, let's go talk to. The t- it's just a chat, right? No, you. Oh, you guys haven't talked. Oh, you guys haven't figured this out yet. Oh, you guys aren't on the same page. There it is. They're gonna make a story out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's MPJ. I'm not completely sold that he's not. You know, he's gonna say some stupid shit, and he's probably not. You know, the the guy you want to be making all the calls, but 
I also I want to stick up for this guy because he's a young kid and he's not doesn't know how to, the league works yet. <laughs> yeah. So, but interesting game last night. Came out strong. Came out swinging. If he would have had a bad game, oh boy, glad he didn't. Well, I mean, he he didn't have a great game until the fourth quarter when it mattered. Right. right. He was okay, but got more guys involved. Yeah. <laughs> I got more guys involved. Um, do the Clippers close it out next year, next game? Yeah, I think they do. I'm hoping no. I'd like. Oh, I, I hope no as well. But I hope no as well. But I ultimately, I, do, I think they close it out in Game Six. Their their rhythm was off. People were not shooting well. The Williams went like two for eleven. He'd say, yeah. So that's not gonna happen again. But all right. So if the Clippers go. Uh, we think that the Lakers are going to close it out tonight. So, so do we? Are we going to have a Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals? I still think the, I, I, I I think it's more likely we do uh, Clippers. Um, I don't know. I can't rule out Denver. I think Denver. I hope I, I hope we see a Lakers or a Rockets Denver. Like just any. I would not be mad at any iteration of the Western Conference Finals at this point. But. Um, if it goes to, let's say, Lakers-Clippers, who do you give the edge to? Lakers. Okay. How many games? Six. I'd say Lakers in seven. I think right now the Lakers are playing more consistent basketball than the Clippers are. The Clippers are still having these off nights, these off games. And with the exception of like, these game ones, which, you know, what give Clippers the game one, but I just feel like once Vogel sees what's going on, they're playing they're playing consistent basketball, and I, I, think, I think the same thing will happen with the Clippers. Game one will be a feel-out. They'll figure out what they need to do, and they'll be able to play consistent basketball the style they want. But if the Clippers come out and have one of their duds in game one, then I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to agree that I think this is going to go to I wanted to go to six, but I, I foresee it going to seven. I think it's going to be a knockout, dragout fight between these two teams, um, and I will edge the. Uh, I'm going to edge the Clippers on this one, and here's Clippers. why: they've got a few more veterans and a few more established players on their bench than the Lakers. The Lakers do have a deep bench, no doubt about it, but the quality of those depth, depth players. I think falls off a little bit more than the quality of the Clippers depth. That's my only, I think, AD, Paul George, if they're on, and LeBron, AD, are going to cancel each other out, and then it comes down to the benches. So, other than that, that'd be crazy. If, let's say, Lakers versus the Nuggets. I think, do we all somewhat agree that the Lakers are going to close it out against the Rockets? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I'm not going to do a Rockets iteration. But Lakers, Nuggets, by some, some chance... Um, Lakers, what do you think? Lakers in five. Lakers in five? Uh, yeah, Lakers, Lakers in six. I, I will also say Lakers in five because I think the Nuggets, if they do pull this game out to come from behind victories, I think it's going to drain them. They're right. just going to be without all energy. Yoke yeah. is <laughs> they're just almost ready to collapse coming off the floor. They still have two more games to win against the Clippers if right. they are going to do that too. So it's just... You can only dig, so, you can only burn the candle for so long, so that's gonna be interesting. I also just don't think that there's a single LeBron stopper on Denver. 
Oh. Like there's a single player that can guard the ball effectively. Jeremy Grant's the best he got. Right, and even that is yeah. average at best. Okay, so we've gone through Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Um, I'd say let's let's hold off on the championship talk for now because there's a lot more basketball to happen before we get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a podcast for the championship for sure. Oh yeah, but I guess this brings us into some worth mentioning. I've burned a lot of mine in conversation. <laughs> um, Andre Iguodala has more playoff experience than the entire Pacers roster. That's fun. So that series, Iguodala himself had more playoff minutes than the entire Pacers roster combined. Well, LeBron James has more playoff points than the Memphis Grizzlies. And as well as like six other franchises, the, Horn- the, the, the Hornets, Hornets and the Pelicans. And the Pelicans. Yeah. So he scores a lot, a lot of points. Just um, a few points here or there. Daniel House, dumbass. Yeah. Got to snuck somebody in. We already covered that. I think at the beginning. I really hope the stat sheet says DNP horny. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did cover defensive player of the year went to Giannis. Sixth man of the year went to Brandon Ingram. Uh, coach of the year, Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, coach of the year, and... Most improved Most was improved was Brandon Ingram. Was Brandon Ingram. Uh, right, sixth man of the year with Montrez Harrell. And I think was... Jaw already got rookie, so it's just, uh, just MVP, MVP, right? the only one out there. I think the sixth man of the year... I'm an OKC fan, so I think Schroeder got snubbed, but, uh, that's, it is what it is. I, there, there was a great tweet that was going on, uh, during the, um... Bucks Heat series, where it said the NBA is really going to give the MVP to Mykonos Kid Gilchrist while in the middle of him getting swept. <laughs> um, I got nothing else. I, uh, I didn't have much. No, no, another great tweet. Just one time, I want Russell Westbrook to say it's called point guard, not pass guard. <laughs> pretty much all I, I think I got alright Sam anything else um no I think that's all I got alright well we will come to you right before uh, the NBA finals and then we'll have a we'll have a draft uh, show as well because yeah. we'll be coming up on that after the finals are over so we'll so excited Break out all our reasons why Obi Toppin is the best player in this draft. We're not Dayton fans. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. Peace.